Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you. Um, dealing with a little bit of a sore throat. Fingers crossed that it is not COVID related again. And it's just a result of, I don't know, talking too much because, uh, I, you know, my entire job is talking. And y'all know from the show, I got a lot to say. I got a lot of opinions. And uh, here we are, though. So uh, settle in, um, light those candles, dim those lights, grab that cup of tea or I don't know. Maybe you're listening in the car. Maybe you're hiking. Who knows? I often do wonder that, though. What are people doing while they're listening to me? Where are they? What are they thinking? Um, let us know. Drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And while you're in there, might as well drop a question if you got one for us or a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to cover. We love hearing from you. Going to open the show. Uh, you know, this this seems like a little bit of a, you know, not safe for work around the kids topic, but it actually is. We're going to talk about uh, aftercare. You know, aftercare in terms of intimacy, but um, we're not really going to drop deep into anything that's... um you know, not okay for the young ones to hear. So let's jump right in. Aftercare is important. I think we, as a culture that's very obsessed with um, goals, we're so goal-directed, we're so goal-obsessed, we often ignore the the journey, the process, which has so much value. And I talk a lot about that with eroticism, where we focus so much on getting things done, getting things done the right way. And I think we can do that in our individual lives outside of all that as well, where we just want to rush through um, and we don't always sit with. And so I want to talk first about aftercare in terms of how it relates to maybe conflict and, and fights and difficult days and difficult moments. Um, transitions are really important psychologically. We've talked about on the show before where for couples that are feeling disconnected or just want to feel even more connected, a really beautiful way to do that is to honor these moments where we transition from a one-person psychological system into a two, three, four, or five-person system, which basically means when we're by ourselves, we are living in, thinking within, and feeling from a one-person psychological system. We're just with ourselves. Only have to really consider ourselves, though we're thinking hopefully about those around us as well. But then when we come home, we literally are uh, essentially like reattaching and reemerging, uh, not reemerging, reimmersing uh, ourselves into our relational unit or our family unit or our friend unit, whatever kind of uh, world you're living in at home. And that's a that's a transition. So I always say when you leave the house, when you return, always honor that transition with some form of recognition for those you're for those you care about, but especially for those in primary relationships. So what you want to do is you want to make eye contact and include some touch. So you enter the house, you give them a hug or you hold their hands and you give them a kiss. You make eye contact. Same thing when you're exiting. And two other important moments are when we go to bed, when we wake up. 
those are the main four that we really talk about. But you know, the first one's most important when you're entering or exiting a shared space. Really beautiful. Now, that's the transitional stuff. Aftercare is a really important thing to apply to that as well. If you've had a hard day with your partner, what can you do? If you've had a difficult conversation or some conflict, what can you do? What are the things we can do that really soothes us and reminds us that all is well and that we're still connected? Or what can we do that reinforces that we're on the same side? And, and what we're really also doing is just really reinforcing those associations that we have positively about each other. Because you know our mind, as, as brilliant as it can be, can also work against us and it's very associative. So if we've had a rough interaction with you or multiple ongoing rough interactions, well, when we think of you, when we see you, when we touch you, that is what's gonna come up for us, consciously and unconsciously. And if it's been a rough go for a while, well, when we see you or when we sit with you or we engage you, we're going to, our defenses are understandably going to jump up a little bit because you are now associated with those past interactions, which is also why we talk about things like foreplay and leading towards eroticism and deeper levels of intimacy. I remind people that it doesn't start when you are touching each other. It starts days, hours, weeks before based on how you are being perceived. And if, again, we've had a rough go relationally for hours or days, understandably, it's going to work against us when we want to maybe move towards more closeness or intimacy or vulnerability. All that to say, work on some form of aftercare, which is after we've had a rough day or a rough week, I start to try to build really positive associations of self and other. And that could be celebrating you know, whatever you can celebrate. It could be focusing on, you know, having gratitude for whatever the positives are. It can be all about being more complimentary and honoring what's going well. Um, but I want to make sure that we're, we're kind of globalizing that term and not just saving it for bedroom stuff. Um, always something we want to have access to. We always want to focus on the repair. Doesn't matter who started things. Doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It's about always being willing to do the repair. We don't want to leave things unrepaired. We don't want to let things, if they don't have to, leak into the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, or into other spaces. Um, we talked on it. Uh, I think we did a whole segment on it once. Actually, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll kind of dive into uh, aftercare and how it applies to all these different kind of phases of our lives. And uh, like I said, DM's always open. Put some questions in there. Past episodes of Loveline, want to check them out? Go over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show. Click on it. You can binge post, read, listen, and share all, all sorts of good stuff. But stick around, because uh, we will be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right slinging around all these big words but uh basically just trying to talk about the fact that we can harness all these protective mechanisms that that exist in our brains and our nervous systems and our psyches in service of reconnecting and coming back together. A lot of couples, when they're fighting, they really go into this more self-centered, me-protective mode where they're not realizing, you know what, this is someone who cares about me that I'm talking to and interacting with. We're both on the same side and most likely we both have the same goal and the same value system at play. We both want to just be happy. We both want a relationship to exist and survive. That's for healthy couples. There's some people that have more contempt and resentment and they actually are enemies and working against each other. Not not talking about those abusive toxic couples tonight and if that is you i say that lovingly identify yourself as such and be better uh get into some couples therapy do the work but for those that are not toxic and not abusive and 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 are generally loving but have you know conflict at times and some dysregulation always try to remind yourself that it isn't about right or wrong that is what children get hung up on right or wrong fair unfair Adults rise above that value system and they think in terms of connection and disconnection. This is someone I care about. How can we get back to connection? This is someone I care about. How can we find a mutually beneficial solution? Because if the solution is only in service of one of us, well, then it's a lose-lose because in primary committed secure relationships, we think about the impact everything has on both of us. We do consider the impact things have on our partner and our relationship. We are responsible for them and for that. We don't just think in terms of what's good for me only. It's very self-centered. That's a very solo focused perspective. When you're in a primary committed secure relationship, the, the conscious contract or the unconscious contract you essentially make is that you are in my care and I will honor that. And so I will always make sure that whatever solution we come up with serves both of us. And in a lot of fights, it becomes me against you and you against me. And we forget that we're on the same team. And so the work is about stepping outside of what's right or wrong or what's fair and saying what's going to be effective, what's going to really get both of us to the shared goal that we most likely have, which is to just feel good and to be happy. That's what a lot of things really boil down to. And 
Sometimes that means shelving things and coming back to it because it's getting too heated or we're not gonna resolve it in the moment. But again, aftercare comes in because you wanna find or you wanna know ahead of time, what are the things we can go do or say that soothes us and reconnects us until we're in a place to come back to this conversation or until whatever solution we landed with really gets digested and settles. Sometimes you land in a really be- beautiful place where everything's agreeable and you don't need to worry about it, but you know, after a hard couple session, I'll sometimes say that to the couple. You now, even with this open and un- unfinished, unfigured out, while feeling frustrated with each other, we're going to honor that you love each other and you are still in a primary committed relationship. And I want you to go do something together that honors that and soothes you and reconnects you. So ask yourself, do you know what those things are that you can say or do? And if not, how can you start to create those? And then how can you apply those after having had a difficult conversation or a difficult day, even when you haven't necessarily found resolve, even when you're still maybe angry or frustrated at each other. It's dialectical thinking where two opposite opposing things can actually be true or exist at the same time. And that means I can love you while also hating you. I'm mad and I still feel bad about our argument, but I also still love you because the person you were five seconds before this started, you still are, you're both. And I have to hold both. There's some more intellectualized academic concepts that are at play in what I'm saying, but we have to be able to hold both two separate truths at the same time. And more importantly, we're always prioritizing repair. And that's what the aftercare is about. So ask yourself, do I know what are the things me and my partner can go do? And if not, I have to start tracking that and figuring out what that is. And I don't mean it has to be something grand, or maybe it is, but most likely it isn't. Maybe it's we hold hands and we go for a walk. Maybe it's we go get ice cream together. Maybe it's we lay on the couch and we just silently lay and cuddle and hold each other and let our bodies touching each other regulate each other's nervous systems. It's called barred functioning. I was trained to believe that that's not a good thing. In some contexts, it's not, but generally it's awesome. And that's what our nervous systems are about, borrowing safety and security from those around us. 100%, we rely upon those around us to help regulate us. Barred functioning is part of being a healthy adult. We need the support and care of those around us through the duration of our lives. We never outgrow that. I don't wanna live in a world where we feel like we have to. (laughs) We're relational beings. But aftercare is about thinking beyond or ahead of time or bringing us back together. Later in the show, we'll talk about the sexual component to it. But right now we're talking about the non-sexual component to it. And I think that this applies so many ways in so many spaces. And again, it's that difficulty of holding both. We, We struggle with that. I have so many examples that I repeatedly give, but it really does come back to connection. And for those of that are at a loss for what that could be, one of the quickest entry points I always talk about for self-soothing, but also co-regulation and maybe couples soothing each other is the senses. What is something we can go look at or watch together? Maybe it's a comedy or a show, or we, I don't know, just something visual. Maybe it's music. We play music and we listen to it together silently. Maybe it's taste. We, we make food or we eat something or we drink something. We make tea. Maybe it's touch. Maybe we, you know, cuddle or we hold each other's hands while we make eye contact and talk through. I mean, that's a really beautiful way to kind of come back. It's also a really beautiful way to to kind of structure the entire difficult conversation is let's make sure we're making eye contact. Let's make sure we're holding hands or talking um, or uh, holding hands or cuddling or something like that as a way to remind ourselves that this is someone I care about who's right in front of me. Um, but again, it's always going to be about what you do at the end. What do you walk? How do you walk away? Do you walk away reminding yourselves that we can open up, 
have those difficult moments and then close it and still lovingly go off together as a couple? Or are you really training yourselves to see, wait a minute, as soon as it gets hard, it stays difficult. And so it isn't safe to have these kinds of conversations. And then we have anxiety and we avoid it. Again, our brains are associative. However it ends is what we're left with. And I always remind people that of vacations or parties. We like sometimes push it too much and we walk away feeling more from however it ended. So make the end of your vacation be the best. Make it be the least stressful, maybe the least concentrated of whatever might overwhelm or stress you because you want to walk away feeling great. And that will be most dependent upon how the trip ends, how the fight ends, how the date ends. Endings are more powerful for us than the beginnings. We're going to come back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. All right, we're back. So again, we're talking in general right now about aftercare. And aftercare is about how people or partners support each other um, and check in after having a di- after having had an interaction or a difficult time, and I think it's really important because we 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 for those that are familiar with maybe the kink or BDSM world or just sex positivity, we tend to apply that a lot to sex and sexuality. We're going to talk about that uh, in the second hour of the show, but right now we're just kind of making it more about a relational practice where we always pay attention to how we're walking away, how we're leaving an interaction, how we're leaving an individual having just interfaced with them on any level. And we want to be aware that how things end is what we most take with us about that person, place, or thing. And so we want to make sure that, especially when things are conflictual or difficult or rough on us interpersonally, that we find a way to just honor like, hey, that just happened. Um, and we're not ignoring it and we're not trying to do, you know, positive toxic positivity. Like, yeah, that happened. That was rough. I'm still upset with you or I'm still sad and disappointed in you, but you're also a person. So you're worthy of respect or I really value our our relationship, whatever it might be. And so we find a way to repair if possible, but sometimes things have to be left open. We find a way to walk away feeling as though we're still caring for each other and we're cared for. We don't need to add suffering on top of the pain of what might be going on. And so we really kind of focus on how am I leaving situations? And it doesn't have to be quote unquote resolved, but you want to leave feeling connected. And I was saying before the break that during couples therapy, when there's a really difficult, hard session, I'll say to couples now, we want to practice reminding ourselves that we're still, we're still in a committed relationship. We want to go do something that reminds us that we can have those difficult conversations and feel those difficult, difficult feelings, but we still love each other and we can still transition out when we need to, to do childcare or to go to bed or to go to work and that we can leave things open while still feeling close and connected. Just because that was a hard moment with some hard things said with some difficult feelings doesn't mean I hate you and I have to leave this interaction temporarily or permanently feeling bad. We can hold both. Hey, it was hard thing said. I don't feel great right now. And I love you. So we're going to honor what just happened and also honor that we're still married or we're still in a relationship or we're still best friends. And we're still going to go do something fun. And we're going to learn how to kind of hold both and fluidly move back and forth because often we have to revisit that difficult conversation or it comes up again because not all problems are resolved. You know, there's a group of problems that will always be a part of our life even part of marital struggle. Some things are not resolvable. Other things are improvable. They'll get better. We'll manage it better. Maybe it'll have less severity. Maybe it'll come up less often, but it's just improvement. And then other things, completely resolvable. 
and something might move from one box to the other. But again, not everything's completely resolvable. Some things are just fixable, improvable, less severity, and other things that is what will always be for whatever reason in your life or within your relationship. And we have to learn how to allow that to exist and also stay close, connected. And that's where the aftercare come thing, thing comes in. So ask yourself, how do I tend to walk away from disagreements? Still angry? you know, saying drop and F bombs, or do I walk away going, Hey, I know that we really just got into it, but you're still my best friend or you're still my mom or you're still my partner. And I love you. And we can hold both check yourself on that. And maybe sit down with your partner when things are chill and have the conversation that you want to commit to being better with aftercare. You want to commit to being better about reconnecting after difficulty. You know, it's kind of like that sandwich metaphor. We talk about connecting before you correct, connecting before you critique, but then we want to finish it up with another connect because that's what the goal is always about. Otherwise, you don't even need to have that conflict or that conversation. Just go about your business. If you don't care enough about the person to want to reconnect afterwards, don't even waste your breath, move on. But if you are willing to stand there and fight it out and have these difficult conversations and express these difficult emotions, that tells me they do matter to you. So relationship is something that's important. And so honor that by closing with something connective. Start connecting first before you have those difficult conversations. Talked about that on another show and then end it with more connection. Because if we go in connected, we're gonna, we're gonna be at our best. And then if we end connected, we're gonna feel comfortable in the next difficult moment by revisiting that topic or the next time something comes up. Because again, however we finish things trains us to feel comfortable doing it again or revisiting it. That's the association we take with us. So make use of that in a positive way, harness that plasticity, harness that learning, harness that associative thinking that our brain has so as to work in service of connection. That's the problem. I work with some couples that don't wanna revisit a difficult conversation that had before our therapy session because experience has shown them we, we don't do well for hours or days afterwards. We then are living miserably with each other after the therapy session or after these conversations. So then we just try to avoid it. We don't trust that we'll reconnect. And so we have to practice that so that we'll be willing to have those hard to have conversations. So that's part of why people don't want to do it. They're like, oh, it's going to ruin the whole day. It'll ruin the whole week and it'll ruin the whole week. That shouldn't be the case. In adult relationships, we do aftercare. We find a way to reconnect and, and put it on hold or we resolve and then reconnect. That is part of healthy conflict resolution in important relationships. All right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. And past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, reshare, reshare, re-listen, and then share. Oh, stick around, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we are back, and now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Tina, and my boyfriend of six years just broke up with me. Oh, man, see, let's sit with that for a second. Six years, that is a long time to have built a shared identity with someone, an us and a we. People are, you know, associate you two together, 
they'll see you. They're going to ask how he is, what's going on with him. So there's that social identity. Also, we borrow functioning from people we're in primary relationships with. So there's a loss of support and that secure base, you know, that encourages you to go out into the world and that safe haven for you to come home to when you've had a really hard day or something stressful is happening, that person to bounce things off of. Holidays, the person you were assuming you'd see on your birthday and Valentine's Day and all these other holidays, that shifts and changes. Um, the loss of sex and emotional support. The loss of romance, it's a big deal. People people under underestimate all that. Back to your question though. Boyfriend broke up with you after six years. You said, I'm doing okay, but I'm wondering when would be too soon to start joining dating apps and getting back out there. Catch myself trying to download them, then being afraid, just put my phone away. And then I put my phone away, sorry. <laughs> I'm like skipping skipping words. I'm not looking for anything emotional, but someone to talk to might be nice, but then I get into my head about it. Okay. Well, a thousand things. I want to speak to two different things. How soon is too soon? And then saying, I'm not looking for anything emotional. I just want someone to talk to. The dating apps aren't for just finding someone to talk to. Um, I want to remind people that the dating apps are for people that are interested and open to dating. And if you're not interested in open to dating, don't be on there. There are hookup apps for people that are looking for sex. There are social media apps that are um, about people looking for friends. I know Bumble has a friend finder section and, and then they have a separate dating section. Tinder, mostly for dating only. And then there's other apps that are about sex seeking. The reason why I, I really urge you to use the apps appropriately is because I work with tons of people that are on the apps and they're frustrated that they're on Tinder, a dating app, and yet there's people on there that just aren't interested in dating. Um, there are apps where you can look for friends if you just want someone to talk to. Uh, but if you're not looking for anything emotional and you're not looking to date, well then don't go on dating apps. Uh, yes, some people will put, I'm looking for friends on Tinder. Y'all get to do whatever you want. But again, they, certain apps are geared towards certain things and a misuse of that leaves people feel very frustrated and disappointed. Back to the other part of your question. How soon's too soon? Oh man, it really depends. Uh, there is no magic formula that determines when you're ready. Uh, I would say when you feel as though you are ready and able to be someone else's partner and to be open to what comes in next, I say to people, I think you're ready to start dating once you've done the work of looking back at your past relationship and looking at who you were in that relationship. And if you've done the work of courageously looking at who you've been that you want to be again and what you want to carry forward and you've done the other where you've honestly and courageously looked at who you were that you don't want to be again. What kind of partner was I where I let myself and my relationship down? And I want to be aware and I'm going to track these aspects of, of myself that I'm capable of bringing to a new relationship. That also communicates that you're ready. Um, when you've built a life that's important and meaningful to you. I usually say when you feel happy again. Because if you're not happy and you start dating, you're going to put that on the other person. And you're not necessarily going to be something positive to be brought into their life. If you're feeling sad and bored and lonely and you want them to just meet that need, it's going to put a problematic expectation. So I usually say when you're generally pretty happy, when you've got a great so you know social network of friends, and when you've done the work of looking at your past relationships and you've learned from them, that's the best we've got. you know. And when you just emotionally feel ready, which is somewhat of an intuitive thing, no magic formula. For some people, they wait longer. Other people, they go on sooner. And you know I've shared this before. Stats show that Getting on there sooner than later can be good because it reminds you of your desirability. Uh, makes you feel like there's more to come. Others, it works against them because they don't like their experience on there and it actually creates the opposite, which is why I say make sure you have friends, make sure you're doing pretty good and are generally happy and make sure your mental health is intact because the dating apps can also be stepping into 
the opposite, a lot of chaos, a lot of disappointment, a lot of frustration, you have to be in a resilient place to be open to encountering and dealing with that, you know? So just make sure you're grounded. You'll figure it out as you go, you know? All right, DMs. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. Or if there's a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back to, you can also put that in there. Lots of good stuff. And past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. All right, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. So stick around. All right, y'all. We are back. And before the DMs, and the break, we were talking about aftercare, and we were really looking at it um, in terms of its application for non-sexual dynamics. We're just talking about how the way you end something, um, how you walk away feeling or thinking, right, is going to be, for most of us, the way we, t- the, the it'll be the label we wrap the entire experience up as having been. So if we go to a party and it starts out fun, but by the end we're like, we're tired, I'm hungry, I wanna go. Most likely upon reflection, you'll look back and you won't see the party positively because you because it ended with you being hungry and tired and not wanting to be there anymore. That's why sometimes vacations shouldn't go on for too long or you shouldn't put too much squeezed into the end of it. You don't want to go home tired and burn out. Although again, you know, we can tap into more memories. So it's not just like the closing is our totality of a situation, but in relationships, how we walk away from fights and conflict and disagreement will determine whether or not we feel safe fighting again, having conflict again or revisiting a hard to have topic or conversation. So that's why I work with my couples on connect first, always go in there connected. If you're disconnected, that's not the time, but make sure you know what you need to do to reconnect afterwards. Know what the ritual is, know what the things are you need to do so that you trust a dark, difficult moment, a hard to have conversation, feeling some rough feelings don't mean the whole day is ruined or the whole week is ruined or the whole trip is ruined because we've proven and shown to each other that after we have those hard to have conversations and those conflicts and those feelings, we still say, come here, hug me, I love you, still my best friend, still my girlfriend, still my mom, whatever it is, and we're gonna hold both. Now we're gonna talk about its application in terms of sex. And this is for all kinds of sex. Some people think this is just about primary partnered sex. No, this is for hookups. This is for one night stands because as I used to say over and over on the show, no interaction is neutral. Every interaction we have with another person, especially within sex and intimacy, because of how much of our vulnerabilities on the line, we're naked, we're talking about the things that arouse us. Um, It matters more that we acknowledge Even if we have sex with someone, we don't know their name, we never see them again, they are leaving us different. We are feeling better about ourselves and our bodies and arousal and pleasure, or we're feeling less safe, less attractive, less desirable. We are open systems and sponges, and we are absorbing what's reflected back at us. Uh, Our self-esteem is relational esteem. It's all tied in there. Our sexual self-worth, our body esteem is all tied into how we feel as a result of engaging with others, primary or otherwise, in sexual dynamics matters. And so we always want to bring this in. What is this? So what does that look like? What are the key terms we're thinking about? Well, in terms of sex, we're thinking about intimacy, savoring and integration. It's wild to me how people within sex, uh, especially people that are, you know, wanting deeper intimacy in a primary relationship of some kind, something serious after sex, you know, orgasm happens, ejaculation, and they just pop up out of bed and they're like, let's shower, let's go eat some food. Let's go for a walk. Okay. Sometimes if you're under a time crunch, but we have to remember that there's this time afterwards. It's a really vulnerable, vulnerable time. 
And it's a really important moment to make use of in a bonding way. I always say to people, how someone reacts after orgasm tells you a lot about either A, how they feel about you and what they want with you, meaning do they want something serious, do they want something close, do they want something intimate? Because if they pop out of bed and go, they're not wanting closeness, they're not wanting intimacy. And it's either because they're not interested in that with you or they don't tolerate it well. And, you know, arousals when our inhibitions drop and we're, and we're not going to feel that vulnerability, but after orgasm, that vulnerability and the possible shame of our nudity, our nakedness, our bodies together, our, our, our relationship to sexuality and all that, all that jumps right back in. So it's a very vulnerable moment. And so again, right after sex, try to learn to sit longer, just lay there for a second, savor the pleasure, savor the moment savor that sense of connection. But again, if someone pops up and runs, it might be a sign they got somewhere to be, or it might be a sign that they don't want that kind of closeness or they can't tolerate it. But if you're in a primary partnership, I want us to learn how to do that. It's a very, very, very important moment. So it's about cuddling. It's about talking. And again, this doesn't mean you're saying to the partner you're there with, I want you to, I want to marry you or be in an exclusive relationship. It's just about honoring that something meaningful just happened. Even if sex is a hookup or a fling, that still wasn't a neutral experience. We are left different. Truly, I sit with clients and I'll say to them, what meaning did you make out of yourself and others in the world and your body and pleasure as a result of that interaction? And if you really sit in it, it's, there's always an answer to it. And aftercare can, if you want, lead to stronger bonds. It's, it's just about sitting. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what the relationship is. It doesn't mean there's a promise of more, but it really also helps get rid of this underlying shame because after sex, some sexual shame can come up. You know, it's after that post-orgasm moment, that high, your body lets the subconscious, the unconscious come back in. Um, and part of aftercare afterwards is trying to diminish that. I always say to people with hookups, it's, it's okay to talk. It's okay to sit there for a minute. It's okay to like dress slowly. It's okay to like ask questions. We're just honoring that there's another human with us. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna come back in a minute and, um, we're going to keep talking about this. Uh, DMs open. So if you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. But uh, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back. And uh, we're talking tonight about aftercare, after sexuality. I just think we need more care in general. Uh, how am I impacting this person? How am I leaving them feeling? Which is why I always say we need more than consent. We need consent and care. A uh, person has to consent to what we're about to do sexually. Great. But then you also think, and how will this impact each of us? Because if it's going to leave us feeling bad or worse off, or one of us is more interested than the other, and I think it's just going to make things feel strange, or that person's going to be more disappointed, we do take that into consideration. So someone saying, yeah, I'm down to have sex shouldn't be enough. I want us to also add care. And you know, even if it's a hookup, a one-nighter, post-sex intimacy where we're savoring, we're connecting, we're just laying there for a moment. We're not rushing away, cuddling, chatting, hand, uh, hanging. It's a way to transition out of that deep intimacy because sex, even if it's a fling, one-night stand, is a relational act. And we are impacted by that. We have an eternal working model about our sense of self in the world and others, how safe they are, how unsafe they are, how desirable we are, how undesirable we are, how safe or attractive we feel in our bodies. And all of that's there post-orgasm, post-sex, it's a very vulnerable moment. Shame can really pop right back up. And so it's a form of intimacy that we give. And 
ignoring it can really lead people into some emptiness and depression. And I think that's part of it. That's why some people have post-sex depression because they just had this very intimate, vulnerable experience. And then bam, done. We go make food. We go smoke a cigarette. We get in the shower or the person heads out and we're left disconnected. It's ripped from us. And I think it's better to honor that transition out and say, hey, let's just lay here for a moment. Let's keep our clothes off. Let's just lay here and chat. We can cuddle. We can make out. It doesn't have to mean we're going to be dating or marrying. It's just a way of honoring what just happened. Um, and I think it's really important. We were talking earlier in the show about, excuse me, um, using it non-sexual, non-erotic ways, because I think it's important. So uh, let's go through a little bit of a list of some of the things we can do as a form of sexual aftercare. And a lot of these actually are really applicable in non-sexual ways as well after a difficult time, a rough moment, a fight or conflict, because we always want to honor connection. And after sex, we don't want to just then go from a deep connection to just complete disconnection by bolting. So the first thing is cuddle. Cuddling has awesome benefits on our body, our relationships, natural, it's free, can release oxytocin, that feels good, it reduces stress, it increases some intimacy. It's low energy, it's low energy. Um, And so it doesn't take much. And if you're not open to doing that, ask yourself why. Is it because I can't tolerate that much closeness? Is it because I'm not interested in this person and I don't wanna misdirect them or, or confuse them? What's going on? Check in on that. Also, and again, this is important depending on what kind of sex you had. Sometimes it's just about eating some food or or hydrating. Um, Sometimes sex goes on for a long period of time. I know it sounds strange to say that, but that's important. Uh, Might be about sleeping together, taking a nap, falling asleep, laying together. Um, Sleeping next to someone can feel really good. Other times it's like an activity, like let's, let's go make some food but we'll do it in a connective present way. Let's go cuddle and watch a movie or let's just sit and view something. Let's have our bodies near each other for a while longer. Um, Maybe you make out for a while. Notice all these are about transitioning out so that they're not hard stops and hard starts, right? We need that fluidity. I also think there's something beautiful about just asking questions, check in with them. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Maybe something came up that you want to be able to process with them. And for people that really get into some kinky BDSM related things, there's a lot more vulnerability. People might be still in a subspace if they had someone dominating them. And it's really important afterwards to have someone say, come here, let me hug you. Let me hold you. Let's talk about how that went. Let's talk about what we might want to do differently. Let me get you some water and sit you down. Um, depending on what kind of sex we're having, how intense it is, how long it went on for, we don't want to just bam, done, bounce, disconnect. We want to sit, we want to soothe, we want to honor what just took place. Um, That's, that, that's a, again, we're, we're working with this system internally that's below our consciousness of association. And we want to always feel cared for, but more importantly with specific partners, but even bigger than that, we don't want to always feel like we're, we're feeling empty, depressed and lonely after sex. And this is how we start to make sex feel okay. This is what I work with some of my clients on who feel that hookup sex and hookup culture feels empty and depressive. And I'll say it can, because a lot of people don't honor the fact that it is still a relational act, even if you're never going to see them again or don't know their name and that we do want to still honor and have some form of self-care. And we want to connect before and we want to connect after. Uh, maybe you're down for leaving the door open and having them just come in and get to it. But for other people, they want to welcome them and say, hey, come on in. How are you? And then maybe they want to just chat for a second and just connect first before they go into a deeper level. Honor that. 
That does, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean they're going to marry you. And then afterwards say, Hey, stick around for a minute. Let's just have a, let's have some water. Let's eat something. Let's just lay here and cuddle for a little bit. In fact, I tell people to try to only have sex with those kinds of people, unless you want the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am stuff. But the, generally the people I'm working with, even if they just want a quick hookup, they're still yearning for that sense of connection before and after. And I think it really is a flaw that that's not always an essential part of hookup culture. And that's what leaves some people feeling really sad and depleted. And so um, we want to really, really make sure we're talking about that. But more importantly, I want to make sure we're asking that and we're offering that. Um, also, if you want to get you know really into the neurology of it, sexual stimulation, right? Arousal, orgasms, they flood our nervous system with all sorts of stuff, dopamine, endorphins, and afterwards, we want to be able to ease into relaxation. It can really overwhelm us if we just crash really, really, really hard. And that can affect the way we see each other. And like I said, with this associative piece, not getting enough reconnection and aftercare afterwards can make you feel not safe or interested in having sex with that person or that partner again. It's important because again, remember transitions, transitions are so important. And when we're not focusing or offering transitions, we, again, not just harm ourselves and the other person, we walk away not feeling okay about sex. And we wanna make sure from these interactions, we're making sure they're not leaving a negative imprint on us. All right, we are coming up, we're coming back. So stick around, we're gonna kind of finish this out and then we're gonna drop into those DMs. So DMs are open in our, on our Loveline Energy page. If you've got a question or a topic, drop it in there. Otherwise, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about aftercare. You know, early in the show, we were talking about the non-erotic, non-sexual need and use of it. Now we're talking about the importance of it after sex so that we feel safe and good in what just happened and with that person and we'll maybe want to do it again and we'll walk away feeling good about sex in general. Um, and there's so many different ways to do that. It can just be about laying there for a minute. It can be about talking. It can be about compliments and affirming. Like, hey, that was really fun. Hey, you were really hot or I really enjoyed this. So simple, so easy but it leaves them feeling positive and it's a good transition out versus that just happened we got vulnerable sexuality occurred maybe we got kinky and then orgasm happens sex is done and now we're laying there naked and we just did what we just did and you're feeling a little maybe insecure maybe a little vulnerable maybe you're unsure and then if you just kind of like i don't know wander off and make food or the person high fives and leaves something feels unfinished often. And that's because there wasn't a reconnection or there wasn't some form of aftercare. We just needed the person to say like, hey, that was really great. Um, hope to see you around, like enjoy the rest of your day. Something that just kind of closes it, finishes it and affirms. And I think that that's awesome. Chatting a little bit about, it, especially if it's a partner that you're gonna see again. What did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to do differently? I think that's awesome. We talked about eating. We talked about maybe watching a movie, maybe go take a shower together. Again, all of these things don't have to mean that I'm going to see you again or I want a relationship. I think people worry that this is, I don't know, a misuse of intimacy, but I actually think it's the inverse, that if we don't do these things, it's a misuse of intimacy. Maybe you lay there and watch a show or you listen to music, but this is all really important stuff because there's a lot of articles and people talking about like post-sex depression, and this is some of it because we just had such a high high and then we had a crash and we just connected very vulnerably and deeply and then all of a sudden, bam, we're by ourselves. And that's why I focus on some physical contact, focus on some talking, focusing on something comforting, 
you know, laying there together, eating something, maybe even taking some time to yourself afterwards. I don't know. You got to figure out what you need. And as I was saying before the break, that what our partners do in those moments kind of also tell us what they can tolerate or how they feel about us. And if they're always bouncing after sex, well, it's kind of a communication. And so we want to use that in the affirmative. If you really value and care about the person you're with or even yourself, ask for this, create this, offer this. All this really falls under the larger heading of, I just want us to bring more care. It's more mental health centered, regardless of what we're talking about. There's no experience that is uh, let you off the hook around that. There's no experience that isn't worthy of, again, having the ethic of care or a mental health focus. And I think sometimes with things like sex or even a hookup, we tend to illegitimize it. Oh, it's just a trick. It's just a fling. It's just a hookup. And it's like, no, it's not just a, it's, you can use these words, but that doesn't illegitimize it, but we use it so as to diminish the accountability or responsibility we have, but we still have a responsibility and accountability, even if it's just a trick, a fling or a hookup, where you're never going to see them again. It still matters. Even when I'm working with someone who's having an affair, I say to them, that affair partner of yours, this person who you were, you know, seeing outside of your marriage or relationship or having sex with outside your marriage or relationship, that's still a person person and they still deserve respect and you still have to let them know that this isn't going to happen anymore or again and you still have to be responsible for them and I say that to the person that was cheated on I'm sorry that you know your wife is cheating on you but she has nonetheless formed a, a relationship with this other person and she does need to go and be accountable to them too and say we can't see each other anymore or I, I'm sorry you know whatever it is you're accountable to everyone there's no one who isn't worthy of having that respect brought to them so do focus on that. And it's more meaningful when it's someone we have an ongoing relationship with. But like I said, after a fight, after disagreement, or we're just really familiar with them, we've had a lot of sex, we tend to no longer think in these terms, care about these things, or really take responsibility for it. And this stuff really matters. Now, having said that, I also don't want to imply that we should mislead or dangle a carrot. If you aren't interested in this person that you're having sex with or whatever it is, um, I don't want you to present as though you want more than what's available. So I do want some level of honesty within this care and compa uh, care and compassion and, and aftercare, but don't mislead. Um, so remember that part as well. There, there is a level of being honest about what this all means and what's possible and what they can expect. We're not trying to sell a dream. <laughs> We're not trying to make someone, you know, get hooked by some form of romantic, um, aftercare or whatever it is. And then they're confused and we're confused and they're frustrated and we're frustrated. All of this can exist under the truth of what you want and what's possible between the two of you. So I, I do want to kind of add that framework to it. We're not misusing. We want to make sure we're not misusing stages of courtship, all the things we do to try to romance and attach to someone. Those are really powerful things and processes. So we want to leave that for those that we do want to form a primary relationship with. But aftercare should be something we offer everyone and anyone. Because again, as I always say, we want to make sure that people are better off for having brought us in their life or having been a part of our lives, not worse off. And I think we don't take that seriously enough. Um, and that matters, you know, especially because associative brain that we have it globalizes these things you know safe sex isn't safe people aren't people like you know people aren't you know entities i can trust we want it to be affirming and uh healing so all right enough of that coming up next we're going to be doing the dm so if you got a dm for us drop in the dms on our love line ig page that's questions things you want us to cover things you want us to maybe circle back and drop deeper into always happy to do that let us know uh you listen to love line with dr chris on channel q and odyssey we'll be right back 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I feel like my partner is pressuring me to move. And I don't know what to do about it. About four years ago, I bought myself a condo, a condo that I really like. A year after I got into a relationship and things moved pretty fast with my partner, my ex basically moved in within months. After two years, that relationship didn't work out, so my condo was mine again. Now I have a new partner, spends a lot of time at this condo. They want me to sell it because there's bad energy here, which I actually agree with. But picking up, selling a condo, and moving somewhere isn't as easy as it sounds, and I don't want to feel rushed. Am I wrong for not taking her feelings seriously? Um, I don't know that I believe that there's bad energy. Bad energy, why? Because someone moved in and it didn't work out? Sounds a little bit like what we call toxic monogamy, where we're shaming and, and, and immediately making bad that another person had existed prior to this relationship, that you know a former partner who's now an ex is inherently an enemy and they're inherently bad and I don't agree with that. I mean, what I will agree with is that if you said you had a lot of bad experiences in general in that place, and it's just very much associated with that, um, and you kind of want to start fresh, that's one thing. But just because someone lived there with you doesn't mean the whole place is tainted. Like it's a little dramatic and people do things like that. Like again, toxic forms of monogamy, toxic monogamy is when, you know, your new partner, you know, doesn't want to hear about an ex and doesn't think you can be friends with an ex and is rude to them if they see them out. And it's like, oh my God, why are you threatened by that person? Like, we got to grow up and be better than that. Like, wave to someone's ex. We should be friends with our exes. We're not romantic with them, but now we're friends. People have boundaries, respect, honoring what you had. Like, we got to grow up and be better. And I love when people are like, no one does that. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's called conscious uncoupling. It's called leaving without burning things down. It's called being an adult, you know? Um, but you said, you, you're saying at one hand second part of the question you said i think there is bad energy but then the first part you said i think they're pressuring me to move and it doesn't sound like you want to so like which is it if you don't want to move tell them i don't want to move yes someone had lived here with me before and they're not here now 
You know what I mean? Like that's life. We can't throw away our car because they are ex sat in it at one point and throw away our silverware because they ate with it at one point. Like my God, create new memories and new associations of these things. We can't move every time we're in a new relationship. That's ridiculous. Do not support such ridiculous behavior. Bad energy will bring in some new positive energy by creating positive new memories and experiences in that place. Do not sell. You should not be going through all the wild expenses and, and obstacles of buying and selling and moving because someone lived there with you. I'm going to assume that's the inherent bad energy, and that is not bad energy. And energy doesn't work like that. You can obviously build in new associations and experiences, a corrective experience, by having fun positive things go on in this new place. Move the furniture around if you need to. Maybe repaint the walls to change You know some of the associations. You can get some new stuff, repaint. But I wouldn't move. And maybe they're not asking you to move. I'm not really 100% sure. But no, I don't think you should. Yes, I think it's very unreasonable. And I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think it, again, is a little too aligned with these problematic ideas we have about people's sexual or relational history before we're with them as though they should have known that someday they're going to date us and that we are that jealous and anxious and that we would shame them and so they should have what not had sex or stayed single with this idea that they might meet us at some point like none of that makes any sense you know what i mean you meet people when their life is already in motion and if you're not ready to accept where someone currently is or where they've been then you are not mature enough to be dated so stop dating because everyone's life is already in motion. They've already had sex with people. They've already lived with people. They've already dated other people. And you can't try to erase all of that and start fresh. And we don't need to. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And it doesn't need to work like that. So we're, we're raising the bar for ourselves and for those around us this year. Like we're, we're trying we're adult conversations and adult behaviors at all times. <laughs> I'm going to hold us all accountable to that. You know, we're going to be better. All right, so that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, though. So uh, join us then. Lots of good stuff. Past episodes of the show, you can go check them out over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, click on it. You can binge post, re-listen and share. Oh, lots of good stuff. And uh, DMs, always open. Got a question? Drop it in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. Topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back to, drop deeper in. Put it in there as well. We're always happy to hear from you. Feel free to drop us a little love as well. Uh, spend the rest of your night. Focus on tons of self-care and rest. Find some moments. Create some moments of pleasure. Be kind to yourself, those around you. As always, thanks for hanging out, y'all. And you enjoy the rest of your night. See you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 